Hi, I'm Cersei Link. And I'm Christian Nesmith. And you're listening to Zilch. A Monkey's Podcast. With Sarah Clark. That's so cool. That is cool. What number is this, Chip? Episode 81. Sarah interviews Christian Nesmith and Cersei Link. Monkey's News and more. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. So familiar music, you are back in the land of Zilch, a monkey's podcast. I am your host today, Sarah Clark, and joining me is the charming and delightful Christine Wolf. Hi, everybody. Oh, man, this is an exciting episode. Um, a couple of weeks ago on their live concert window show, Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith announced their new album, Enchanted Objects and Ordinary Things. And I thought it would be a really cool idea to get them back on the show. We had a really great conversation about the album and uh, just kind of about their lives as musicians. It was really fun. Very cool. And also today, we have a lot of news going on in the monkey's world. Huh? Yeah, I I keep thinking that things are going to quiet down and then they just don't happen and it keeps going and it's really awesome. Um, some interesting things that are going on right now. NPR's rock historian Ed Ward uh, gave a really favorable review of the monkey's 50 album highlighting some top the top-notch songwriting talent that was involved um christine i'm not sure i read had a chance to read that review did you get a chance to take a look at it yeah absolutely um not only is uh, the link going to be in the show notes but what's cool about it is uh it's a transcript but also an audio file uh there on their website as well so you get to hear some clips of some of the songs that they're talking about and, um, you know, it's interesting, Ed Ward talks about how he missed the monkey's phenomenon the first time around because mm -hmm. he was a little too old um, in 66. And so it wasn't until the 50th anniversary when they kind of caught his eye and his ear and he gave them a, a listen with, with uh, a fresh perspective and he came to really appreciate it. So it's very interesting. Check it out. Wow, absolutely. And that just goes to show how timeless this music is that, you know, even 50 years on, they're making new fans. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then another interesting bit of news, Mickey's first TV series, Circus Boy, has started airing again on Antenna TV. They're airing two episodes each Saturday. Now, I've seen a few episodes of Circus Boy. I haven't seen the whole run. Have you ever seen any of, uh, of that show? only seen clips from YouTube and I am so disappointed that I don't get antenna TV and so I'm, I'm like sidling up to my 
St. Louis area friends who do get it. And, uh, hey, let me come over at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. It's not working out so well, Sarah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I need to get some. Well, you know, you know, your your Twitter cohort, Cindy, she has a lot of the episodes, too. So 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 maybe you can uh, chat her up and she might there be able to hook go. you up. So, well, Circus Boy, for those who don't know, was a primetime series that ran from 1956 to 58 and starred future monkey Mickey Dolenz as Corky. After his parents, the Flying Falcons, are killed in a tragic highwire accident, young Corky is adopted by his uncle, Joey the Clown, and his whole circus family. Young Corky finds his place as water boy to Bimbo the Elephant. Corky rode his baby elephant Bimbo, dealt with his adolescent problems, and helped the adults with the circus as the show moved from town to town each week. And it's just, I mean, I'm not going to claim it's like deathless television it's you know not madman or anything but it is a really cute little sort of sitcom kind of targeted to kids and it's just a fun little way to kind of see young mickey and and how he sort of evolved and where kind of his career began very cool yeah i i definitely want to check it out yeah i highly recommend it if you can find it and there's some clips on youtube i actually uh on my YouTube page, I actually have a, a one little scene about him talking about wanting to become a drummer boy. Yeah, and yes, I did sort of a one of the ones that I've seen. Yes, I did sort of a DVD commentary on that bit. I was sort of doing a little series of uh, YouTube videos on pre-monkeys, you know, activities that, that didn't quite take off because I kind of got busy with this podcast that I do. But yeah, I, you I do have one. To... <laughs> Yes, I podcast. Hey, so do I. Yeah. And in other monkey news, 7A Records, 7A is doing it. They are killing it, aren't they? Yeah, I can't. Oh, man, they've got some projects that I just cannot wait to learn more about. Their newest offering, the Davy Jones single of I Want to Be Free and Daydream Believer uh, in Japan that Ian and Glenn talked about on their last appearance on the show, it is already 80% sold out in pre-orders alone. So folks, you seriously need to get on the stick and get your uh, get your copy reserved now or you're going to miss out. And and I like I I said I got to hear a little bit of it when it was on the show, and it's just a really cool little high-quality recording, uh, high-quality vinyl. I mean, and 7A is putting this product out, so you know it's going to be high-quality done by fans and for fans. And Ian has also been talking a lot on his Facebook Live videos, he's been doing a lot of them lately, about the the tribute album that they're putting together. Listen to mm. the bands and oh man, it sounds good. He says it, it sounds like they've got a lot of great contributions and the issue is going to be kind of narrowing it down to a manageable number. It sounds like there's going to be a CD release and then a digital release with more, with more uh, songs in it. And especially since he just announced that a Mr. Wayne Avers made a contribution to the fan tribute album, which that, that just blows my mind. The Monkees musical director considers himself a Monkees fan and wanted to be uh, thought of for inclusion on this album. Yeah. How cool is that? Just makes your heart melt. I know. Mm -hmm. Oh, Wayne, you're yeah. pretty awesome. 
Yeah, and 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 Wayne hasn't been on Zilch yet. It just occurs to me. Mm. Doors always open, my friend. Doors always open, and the mics too. Uh, obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is putting out a new book. Huh? Wouldn't that be something? Mm. I've learned never to say never on this show. That's all I'm going to say. That's right. Absolutely. Well, in addition to all of Ian's hard work over at 7A Records, Mickey's putting in a lot of hours right now this spring. His solo tour is well underway, and he is wrapping up a week in Orlando at Bush Gardens. I know we had some zilch meetups there, and how are the zilch meetups going so far? Well, they're going great. We've got a couple under our belt now with the spring uh, solo dates for Mickey, and we've got just a ton more coming up in March and April. And uh, so looking forward to hearing about all of those and everybody check the show notes for uh, information on when the next Zilch meetups will be. And there are also many Mickey meet and greets happening in conjunction with his shows as well. And those are banging them too, because uh, they've just been proven to be very popular. And not only are they a fun time, but everybody who got a ticket to the the Mickey meet and greet, uh, they're contributing to Make-A-Wish, Mickey's favorite charity so it's a win-win situation it's pretty great absolutely and make-a-wish is just a wonderful charity anyway and to know that you know mickey supports it and by supporting mickey you're supporting them too i mean just what could be better than that and then i believe uh let me check the box yes i think we have something i think it's time to jump into the monkey's mailbag awesome i got my jumping shoes on woohoo Okay, Christine, it sounds like you've got a review for us to read. Right. We do have a new review that's from the United Kingdom. It is from a listener who goes by the name of Nixie P. I'm not going to hazard a guess as to whether that's a man or a woman. So Nixie writes in their five-star review, You are not alone. A subliminal message sent from a podcast through my headphones and deep into my heart. First with Kiss, then with Cheap Trick, the magical Roy Wood move episode, and now with the monkeys. The podfather Ken Mills and friends have reassured me once more that I'm not crazy, that I don't have bad musical taste, that I am not the only one seeing the quality and fascination in the art, culture, and mythos of a band. Being a teenager in a small English town in the mid-90s, who was a huge fan of Kiss, The Monkees, and Cheap Trick, was a very frustrating experience. It wasn't even that I was mocked about my musical tastes. None of my peers knew what I was talking about. Trying to explain the merits of Destroyer, headquarters, and Budokan to people I met 
was like trying to engage my age group in a conversation about medieval agriculture or something equally out of touch and uninteresting to them. Even people I met along the way that like the bands in question would only have a general greatest hits knowledge and not go any further than that. Naturally, the internet came, and the fan sites that occupied it helped reassure me that my musical obsessions were perfectly natural and experienced by others. However, there's something about the human voice that transcends font. Like a church of musical counsel, your podcasts educate, entertain, and reinforce my enjoyment of the records. Thank you to the guys and gals behind the podcast for all the work they do. I can't wait for the future episodes. Aww. Awesome, huh? I Gosh. Love it. <laughs> Nixie P, you have you have won our hearts. Thank you so much. And I know that Podfather Ken was blown away when when he saw and and heard your review as well. So thank you, thank you so much. We we really are glad that you're enjoying it. Yep. I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot the last little while and it's like if Zilch has a mission statement, it, it, it is definitely I think it's you are not alone. Absolutely. You know, we and, are we are one big family for sure. And it's just it's wonderful. People talk about getting to connect with us on their end of the speakers, but we feel like we get to connect with you too. Um reading your letters that you send us and getting to talk to you on the Facebook community and it's just you know, I say this a lot, but it's really just a privilege to be part of uh, Zilch Nation. And I know uh, it means a lot to me and to Christine and Ken and all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that, I think we are ready to move on to our interview. About two weeks ago, I was at Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith's monthly concert window show when they officially announced their new album, Enchanted Objects and Ordinary Things, and they played us the first video off that album, Sycamore Tree, which just blew me away, and I really wanted to have them back on the show. We just talked for about 45 minutes, maybe a little closer to an hour, about... Uh, not just the album, though we talk a lot about their new album, but about their creative process, about the fan community that they've built up themselves, about how they engage with social media. And it just, it became this really wonderful, friendly conversation. And I had an amazing time talking to them. And I'm so glad that we will get to share that interview with you now. So I think with that, we will let Cersei and Christian take it away. A one, a two, a one, two, three. The world is unkind to barefoot fools. And although I know I keep breaking my toes anyway. 
One of the coolest things about being a part of Zilch has been getting better acquainted with new artists that you might not have otherwise encountered. Thus has it been with Cersei Link. She was sort of peripherally on my radar for a while, but it took Ken's interview with Cersei and her partner Christian Nesmith back in episode 11 for me to really go down the rabbit hole. Before I knew it, I'd bought her whole catalog, become a monthly audience member at their concerts, and was handing out copies of her albums to relatives and friends at all Christmases and birthdays. Uh, it was one of those concert window shows last month where Cersei announced her new album, Enchanted Objects and Ordinary Things, and I realized it had been way too long since she'd been on the show, and that I was curious not only about the album, but about some things that didn't get much attention in Ken's first interview back in 2014. So I sent a few messages, crossed my fingers, and they said yes. Welcome back to Zilch, Cersei, and Christian. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Oh, we are so thrilled to have y'all. While I was sort of prepping for this conversation, I found a Reddit uh, AMA you two did about a year back. I think it was when uh, Bird's Amazing Odyssey came back out. And uh, among other fascinating things, I I really loved some of what you guys had to say about the topic of genre. Uh, Cersei, I really liked your quip that an artist is not ice cream. (laughs) Did I say that? You said that. (laughs) It sounds like something you said. You know, I use food as a metaphor quite a bit. So that that that's that makes sense to me though. You know, you wanna at least for, for what Christian and I do, because we love to we love all music. We wanna explore every flavor that there is. So I that makes sense. Yeah, the first few records tend to tended to stay with within sort of a I I guess a, a somewhat of a genre. But we knew that we had more things to explore and uh, as soon as we uh we just allowed ourselves to do that. We got uh, a, a bunch of neat things. I think uh, "Dumb Luck," which is two records ago, had right. had some uh, examples of stepping out. But then when we got to "Bird," "Bird's Amazing Odyssey" and "The Meaning of Tea," uh, my titles keep getting longer. I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, it 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 quickly and uh, revealed itself to be sort of a, a linear succession of music and by the end of it we had decided to make the album as playable in one sitting as possible so you got a lot of segues and you got a lot of different kinds of uh, songs so it really takes you on this journey and And it uh, also tells a a linear story Um, so technically it's a concept album Bird's Amazing Odyssey but musically it's you know it's it's we an never interesting put lim- diversion. Yeah, we never put okay. limits on ourselves. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, uh, and that I think has, has yielded, uh, you know, some of the best music we've made. And and I think this new record is is definitely down that same road. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it is in sort of this post? big record label post, you know, record store era, do you think it's easier or harder for less genre bound artists like y'all to, you know, thrive in the business? Uh, I I think there's a little bit of both. I think on one hand, as independent artists, because we crowdfund, because our fans are the people that are literally our patrons who support us, they give us and we take the liberty to explore and run uh, really wild. I didn't mean to say diversion either. I meant to say departure Mm -hmm. because 
you know, the, like Christian said, the earlier record being records being more of uh, the cowboy jazz thing. I think, you know, bean counters are always going to want to find a way to categorize people and things. It makes yep. it easier to sell, certainly. But as an independent, not having a record label to answer to, we can really just let our creative uh, muse run wherever she likes to go. The, the disadvantage is that, you know, we don't have millions of dollars behind us and promotion is actually the hardest part. So we were tickled that you asked us uh, on the show and, you know, getting getting the music out there is is a large portion of it. But to me, it seems like we may have a smaller audience, but I think we connect deeper with people than perhaps some of the mainstream artists who have the advantage of having, you know, PR firms and labels while they get to a larger audience I'm not sure that they get those fans get to actually interact with the artists. So there's and, good and bad. And we also made a commitment very early on never to be uh, tied down to somebody else's vision for us. You know, mm-hmm. we all uh, we we never wanted to follow it just for success. Is what it was. Is uh, you know, it was always about um, making the art first. Oh yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if people dug it, people dug it. And if they didn't, oh, well, yeah. you know, there are other people. Well, I think we're still that way. I listened to an interview with um, Patty Smith recently. Mm-hmm. You know, Patty, yeah, so she's, she's you know, an amazing writer and kind of stumbled into music. And the interviewer, um, it was actually Alec Baldwin, was asking her about her career. And she says, well, you know, I didn't really plan a career. I just am an artist. And this happened. And the whole point was to make great art. And not that we take ourselves that seriously because (laughs) part of making art is having fun and not taking it too seriously. But I think, I think we take the crafts really seriously and um, being able to just let ourselves go and follow that muse and let the art kind of uh, reveal itself is part of the magic. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why we get so tickled about our own, (laughs) our own work. It's like, what's it going to be today? Yeah. You never know. (laughs) And the thing is, is uh, we record most of the, most of the stuff uh, here in our home. Right. So, I I mean, I can be uh, noodling around on guitar and the next thing you know, we're in the, in in the studio uh, laying down a brand new song right within minutes. Nice. (laughs) And, And again, to touch back on your other question, not a lot of artists have the capacity to do that because we have a home studio and Christian is an engineer as well as a multi-instrumentalist. We can just walk right into the other room. We don't have to arrange time at a studio. Um, and that saves us a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah. 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 My brother is a keyboardist. He does a lot of session work and he has developed a, a home studio as well that he kind of does remote sessions from. And he's kind of said some similar things to me. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, have, we have the occasional odd noise. Well, yeah. <laughs> but on this record, we actually took advantage of some of those odd noises yeah. and incorporated them into the, into the soundtrack, if you will. Yeah. Makes it organic. <laughs> totally. It does. It does. <laughs> That's an actual truck rolling by. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, and you were talking earlier about kind of the cool relationship that you get to have with your your fans in general, uh, because you're, you know, kind of a smaller indie, you know, mom and pop type operation. One of the things that everybody loves is the streaming shows that you do on Concert Window and more recently on Facebook Live. Um, Doing them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys either really enjoy doing it, or you do an excellent job of faking that. <laughs> <laughs> you do a 
fake it. You can't fake exactly that connection. I mean, people can tell when it's genuine. Yeah. It's a little more stressful on me because I'm the one who has to take care of uh, most of the technical stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I have to know all the gear and all the mics and all the recording and all of this and that. And I'm the musical director and yada, yada, yada. It's actually a really large production considering, yeah. you know, it looks great. You, a lot of people, when they see the show, have no idea that it's actually at our house. We pull the furniture out of the main living room and push it all into the dining room. And I set up curtains. We have five cameras. We have an AV, uh, an audio guy. We have a camera guy in the other room. So how many computers does it take to run that, to run the show? What is it? It's one, two, three, uh, three, four, four computers and an iPad. Yeah. Oh Lord. (laughs) And, and, you know, at any particular given moment, it could go bad. Like when we had Mickey on the show, I'm sure oh, a lot yeah. of the people remember when Mickey was on the show. It was like the hottest day of the summer. It was 105 <laughs> degrees out. <laughs> it was awful. The internet kept and, going out. Yeah. So The sound guy had a cold, so he had a fever. It was just madness. But, you know. So, the, <laughs> the, yeah, the technical technical part can be stressful, but. The other side of that, and what's so fun about streaming shows, uh, is the audience interaction. Mm-hmm. Because you can see what they're saying in the chat window. Yeah. And you can respond directly to them. And, uh, and, and they can respond directly and, to us. And they can respond directly to us. And and it's, it's so much cooler. I mean, if I was at a live gig doing a club show and somebody uh, screamed out in the middle of my solo, nice solo, dude, you know, then I would be distracted and it wouldn't mm-hmm. have... But, at this point, I can be in the middle of my solo. I can look up. I can read the comment. I can appreciate the comment, and I can respond to it afterwards. And it's it's a much more intimate interaction with uh, with the fans, uh, as you well know, because you're you're there all the time. So you see, and because because there's a chat going on, the fans can interact with each other yeah. and do a lot. Uh, you know, they're talking to each other. We've got a Amy Amy T and Mark Z are uh-huh. are uh, always. Uh, figuratively twirling each other when the yeah, good song comes on they're, they're right. you know they're dancing in the chat room so yeah. it's 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 just lovely to see uh, you know what it reminds me of actually before i did music I, I wasn't always a musician i didn't come to it until later in life but you know those great parties that you go to in the summer and a couple people bring guitars yeah. and big group of people and someone says hey let's do this song and everybody sings along and campfire or, or you know someone says oh i just wrote this really great song i'm going to play it for you and everybody just really focuses and listens it's that experience to me that i always found to be so magical mm-hmm. and I, I never found it any other place i didn't find it in a nightclub for no. sure when someone's no. trying to charge me 20 bucks to get in and charge me 20 bucks for a beer and someone's screaming in my ear i always I always wanted to have that magical experience with live music, like kind of just described that, that very intimate campfire feel. And I think this is the closest way we can get to that without actually going on tour, you know, funds again, being indie, that's, that's the one thing I I wish we had more money for is touring. Um, But this is our way of being able to bring that intimacy into other people's homes and they get to be in the campfire. They, and sometimes we take requests, like on the fly. We'll we'll do like half of a song, and yeah. you, you never know what the band is going to break into. It's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it always just feels like. Uh, I mean, it really feels like we're being invited into your living room, which is just so fun. And that's exactly what is happening. Yeah. Exactly what's happening. Yeah. And another way you guys build kind of your relationship with your fans is through 
uh, social media. You're all, both very active on Facebook and share kind of a, a surprising amount of, of your lives. Um, I've, I've, one of these things I've noticed, cause I follow a lot of indie artists, not just y'all, but especially in the last year, a lot of the artists I follow sometimes get pushback when they post on like, you know, kind of hot button issues in one way or the other. And they all seem to kind of navigate the, those conflicts in different ways. Um, how do you see that distinction as yourself as people versus yourself as performing artists and, and kind of how do you navigate that boundary? Well, that's two different, two different issues. Uh, I think, I, I think, uh, I think you're, you're talking about the, uh, the political climate that's happening right now. Uh And, and it's very, uh, it's very important. You know, we all, we all need to be involved in that. I think it's uh, short-sighted of some to say that just because I play guitar for a living doesn't mean that I don't have uh, an active opinion uh, or uh, about this government or a sense of patriotic duty, right. uh, which I do. Um, so, so there's that, and and there has been pushback, and there have been a, a lot of people who have who have walked away from me because of my political opinions, and. I was worried about that for a time because uh, Facebook is our primary uh, social media outlet. Right. And, uh, and funnily enough, those people that walked away, um, it, it have, hasn't hurt our traffic. It hasn't hurt our involvement. It hasn't hurt our ten- attendance at our shows. And as a matter of fact, I've, I've stayed topped out at 5,000 friends and my followers have continually grown throughout. So I, I think it just goes to show that being true to oneself is never going to be detrimental to one's career. Uh, if you're being separate, but honest uh, yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I think about the, uh, the Dixie Chicks, for instance. Oh, you know, yeah, the, that's a great example. Yeah, so there's a documentary out there. I think it's called Shut Up and Sing. Uh-huh. It's basically what their fans wanted them to do. I think, uh, you know, because of our position, not only being indie artists, but because of the monkeys, we've met a lot of very successful musicians right. who have all kinds of uh, takes on what's going on. And some of them decide to chime in and some of them don't. Some of them decide to put it in their song lyrics and you don't know it until suddenly you're singing along and you go, wait a minute, what does this lyric mean? I think each artist needs to find the genuine way for them to uh, express themselves. And and some, you know, do want to live behind the veil of fan, you know, website kind of mm-hmm. wall protection barrier and not give out those opinions. But for us, the personal is political. Yeah. And I do believe that, I was never worried about losing fans or losing sales when we decided, well, we didn't decide when we started piping in or piping up about the uh, political situation, because I really believe that it's far too important. Uh, uh, Record sales don't matter anything to me uh, compared to um, plurality and love and social justice. That's way more important to me. That's going to outlast me and my songs. So for me to not. We hope. Yeah, well, it will. Absolutely. No, I, I won't buy into the pessimism. I, I amen. Too. I'm with you, Cersei. I was just being comically cynical for a moment. You're so funny, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really good. And, you know, we one of the things that I actually really love about Christian uh, when he posts politically is mm-hmm. that we, we have a lot of friends 
on both sides, uh, Republican, right. uh, Democrat, independent. And the dialogue is always open. As long as you're not name calling, as long as you're willing to stand toe to toe and bring your facts to the table, everybody's welcome. And I think that's part of what we're missing right now is that uh, ability to have difficult conversations. And sometimes it's going to be agree to disagree. But that's that's the way forward. And and hopefully some of the music that we put out can do that as well. I'll, I'll say that this new record uh, has more um, political uh, and social uh, undercurrent than really ever, anything I've ever done before. Although if anybody's ever listened to any of our music, they know that mm-hmm. they know where we stand. I mean, the song, I think, Random Acts of Kindness oh, yeah. is pretty obvious, uh, gives tips our hat to the idea of, of what we believe in. So. Uh, this record adds to that that uh, sentiment, and um, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. I've talked to a lot of musicians about whether or not they're going to, or whether they feel they can write songs that include some of these ideas and concepts and things that are so important to us right now. And I think it's really hard to write a good song that doesn't sound preachy. You know, I think about like what would Pete Seeger do? Yeah. What would Bob Dylan do? What would Joni Mitchell yeah. or Neil Young or all the classics? Um, there's a way. Woody to, Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a way to engage people's hearts and compassion uh, and uh, make them think and hopefully again open up that dialogue through music. But it but it's hard. You know, it is hard. Well, you're talking about your new album. We might as well go ahead and start talking about it a little bit more. How did Enchanted Objects and Ordinary Things come to be? It's, you know, it's almost always... It, it, for the we last never three, stop writing. We never stop writing, but it seems to be uh, sort of the same... Not process. It's not a process. It's just it's an occurrence uh, <laughs> that... Uh, that you know, uh, after we released Bird, we were happy with Bird, and and we let uh, we just wanted to sit there and let that kind of percolate and do its thing for a little while. But that doesn't mean we stop writing, and right. so we'll, we'll we'll have this one idea here or this other little demo there, and then after a while, two or three songs will start to feel similar and feel like they belong together, mm-hmm. and at that point. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it picks up speed. For me, it has, there has to be a theme. There has to be some sort of unifying story behind it. I think I relate to music as a storyteller and as a poet. So mm-hmm. with Bird, once I, I understood the story we were trying to tell, it just illustrated itself, itself in song. Yeah, we had the, we had the sort of the first five songs of Bird uh, kind of separate. But then when we saw them as a unit, the second, the, the, the other five or six songs just fell out I of us. I think it was less, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And then with Enchanted Objects, um, I I knew that I, I knew that Bird was, for us, I felt it was such an accomplishment that mm-hmm. whatever next couldn't be the same thing. We needed to, again, push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Um, and I thought about the iPhones and the Androids and the mobile devices that we've all made such a large part of our lives. Uh, it made me think about all the things that aren't a part of our lives anymore. I mean, how many of you wear watches? Yeah. You know, I don't wear a watch because mm-hmm. I have fun. Um, how many of you still have photo albums? How many people, instead of looking at their phone, have an actual map in their car? I thought about the things that are all encompassed on the device Mm -hmm. 
things that, you know, uh, the magical aspect of like a beautiful pocket watch, uh, how many great stories, the gift of the Magi, you know, being yeah. about uh, all these items that throughout humanity have been kind of these magical items, but they're also ordinary things. Uh, so I was kind of just playing with that idea of, of the phone replacing all of these things, but yet those concepts are still alive and still very real to us. So once I got the idea that each song should be about either an enchanted object or a magical item, then that all really fell together and kind of put me down the road of thinking about all the different things I could write songs about. I could write about a hat. I could write about shoes. I could write about a guitar. I could write about a pocket watch. I could write about, you know, any street lights, street lights. Exactly. Any, yeah. Any, anything that had deep metaphorical meaning to me and hopefully others as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and unlike bird, this was, this is not really a through concept as uh, no, any one yeah. song needs to, to, to flow into the other. Although we feel like the, the album does have a really nice flow. Mm -hmm. uh, but each song is a, is a very standalone idea. Um, and uh, One thing, though, that we decided to do with the re this record was um, some of you guys might know I bought Christian a double neck mm. last year for Christmas. And it's just the best sound in guitar. It's an electric double neck. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Oh, yeah, because so I, cool. I, I do a Zeppelin thing on the weekends because I can't not play loud. I have to be able to do that from time to time. <laughs> he doesn't get to play that loud with me, that's for sure. Yeah. So. But the thing sounds so good. When we started writing, uh, we kind of decided to use it as a through line. And it's pretty much on every song, I, I think. I think it's eight out, eight, uh, eight out of 11 or nine out oh, of 11. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's just this sparkly, jangly, mm -hmm. uh, really beautiful tone. And and another thing I was thinking about when we were writing it is, uh, uh, um, what's the song, that monkey song with the yellow dress? Mary Skit? Yeah, yeah. So Okay. I always thought that that was such a great lyric. It and is, so, yeah. Well, one of the songs on our new record is called Yellow Dress. And I thought it would be really fun to talk about the girl. Who, what, what, she's, what is she? Why is she wearing the dress? What's so happy mm -hmm. about her? Why is the dress magical for her? And so we have a song on the record called Yellow Dress. And I didn't know that you made that direct connection yeah, yeah. of the yellow dress to the to the Randy Scouts get, get lyric. Because well, when when um and some of you don't know, but when Christian did a couple tours with the Monkeys, right. and then I got to join for the last tour and sing backups, and uh, I had to, I didn't really know Monkey stuff, so I had to learn a lot, a lot of the songs. And that one in particular, I just love the lyrics. They're mm -hmm. just so non sequitur, crazy. But that image of the girl in the yellow dress, I thought, wow, that's really compelling to me. How can I capitalize on that and bring that in as a metaphor? Go tell her story. Yeah, tell her story. Yeah. So, again, I kind of relate to everything like a story. Although you being behind the scenes on the or, or being being in deep on the monkey stuff, uh, do you know who the girl in the yellow dress was? Oh, yeah. Who is that? Um, is I, it a real I can't remember <laughs> if it was Samantha or if it was Mama Cass, but somebody will clarify that for me. But it was one of those two. Neat. Wow. I guess I could ask Mickey. Okay, now we really <laughs> he might know if if you know, or it might be one of those. I was told I had a good th time. Things I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. Uh, good times came out, and um, we had uh, been writing some songs. And our bass player, when he heard the new songs, he said, "Oh man, these are songs that should have been on Good Times." Because some of them were so sparkly and kind of poppy like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not all of them. I mm -hmm. mean, again, a handful have that that very uh, you know electric, jangly sound, twelve string. Well, I think you we've given you access to uh, 
Black Balloons, which is the yes. album opener. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is very along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it also had a, a, a big birds influence. Yeah, I've been um, listening to the birds, McGlynn. listening to the mamas and the papas, and I really got into the free design this last year. So mm-hmm. I love them. <laughs> Obscure vocal band. Well, now I'm going to have to hunt them down. Oh, man, they're so good. Mm -hmm. I think they're siblings. I think there were five of them. And they all played instruments and they sang really amazing harmonies. And what was interesting is um, I think the dad was a horn arranger. Mm -hmm. So they also had horns, which if you think about it, is sonically the horn and the voice kind of are in the same register. So to arrange that many sounds all in the same octave uh, is challenging. Yeah. But they're great. Yeah. yeah, they're very, very swingle singers, like, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, all those 60s. Association. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were joking for a while. I was calling this the Bop Bop record. There's lots of Bop Bops <laughs> on this record. Awesome. I like Bop Bops. <laughs> well, you know, they're fun to sing. You don't have to know the lyrics. And Christian's an amazing vocal arranger. I mean, whenever he says, like, okay, I'm here, sing this note. I'm like, okay, that sounds really wrong. And then later... <laughs> hear it all together and you go it's perfect well yeah. uh, i mean i i wouldn't be able to uh arrange the way i do if i didn't have the incredible voice of cersei link to Aww. to play with <laughs> and, and you should know that uh, uh there was one or two extracurricular voices on the last record on bird uh me being yeah. one of them but on the, was on that? i don't Nobody know else, just you just me yeah i thought there was one other no and uh and uh but on this record it is all searching link vocals everywhere you're not and, on it at all nope i don't know wow see what i know but we do have a lot of guests we have a an amazing violin player a cello player uh bass harmonica flute tabla Tabla. Yeah. yeah, we strayed off into some very, very uh, cool kind of uh, northern Indian, Middle Eastern sounds on one particular song. And then we also had Proben Gregory, who come, who came in from... Uh, the Wonder Man's and the Beach Boys. And Brian, Brian Wilson's uh, band. And he, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He plays all the brass on that. Yeah. And so he came in and laid, a, laid in a, a big horn section on the last song called Stars and Stripes. Uh, and Ooh. he played trump, trumpet and flugel and French horn and valve trombone and tuba all on the yeah. same track. Oh, my goodness. So cool. Yeah. So and it came out great. For the first time here on Zilch, here is Black Balloons. Last night you had a dream.
that with black balloons. And the opening line is really interesting. It says, uh, last night, uh, last night you had a dream. I had a dream. Yeah. I had, I had a, a dream, dream that... where everything was really strange, but then no one ever had a dream that's normal. I love that line. <laughs> well, I used to, I studied dream analysis quite a bit and, um, you know, no one ever wakes up. Well, most no one ever wakes up and says, wow, I had the most normal dream. Right. Everybody's yes, it's always, dude, I had the weirdest yeah. dream. Yeah. Oh God, of course you did. Dream. Like you have this normal dream. Like. So. Yeah, I love the idea of the uh, black balloons being an existential, you know, metaphor for feeling alienated, and then mm-hmm. I wanted to incorporate the dreamscape into it, and uh, basically, where a, a cloud comes up to the person that's dreaming, uh, not not a cloud, a clown, and hands them a bouquet of balloons, and they float away. Right. Um, so, and if you look at the cover, uh, which you can see at uh, searchylink.com, yeah. uh, you'll you'll see that very concept happening right in front of your eyes. Wonderful. <laughs> and it'll probably be on the cover of this episode too. So there you go. Great. Well, one of the songs I really loved, I loved Under the Sycamore Tree. Got, getting mm-hmm. to hear, see that video when you guys premiered it. I loved the message of that song and also the video of it was so cool. How did that video sort of come to be? Take it away, honey. Well, the... Uh, <laughs> I've always been a fan of toys. Uh, okay, uh, I can see that. Gear and toys and yeah. and, and uh, software, software and and uh, pedals for my guitar and and all all those kinds of things. And very often they can be an inspiration toward and down a new avenue that you that you wouldn't have gone. And uh, we get when we make our videos. There's a there's a one company called Pixel Film Studios, and they've got a lot of uh, inexpensive plugins, and some of them are uh, templates. And uh, when you see the video, it's uh, it's a pop up book, and that that's basically a template. So you kind of can just uh, insert your own images into the places where they have, kind of move them around and resize them, and turn things different colors, and uh, and and we just thought that would be a, a, a really neat way to tell this very uh, simple yet poignant story that is uh, that is the song the sycamore tree uh, and uh, I would think I would say that this is that it's probably the most uh, upfront uh, in in political messages that we have of any song on this record yeah. I think that's the most yeah, yeah. Um, obvious. It's not necessarily political, but more environmental, if anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, the message is very clear, and, and that's what I, I really enjoy about that, is is that it, you know, it feels like it's you two singing, you know, it, 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 playing this song together. It's very much, very much has your personalities and your sensibility in it, so. Well, it's very simple. The production style is, mm-hmm. you know, um, not every single band member playing. It's... I think it needed to be more like um, not a nursery rhyme, but more like a folk song. What was the the Giving Tree? Yeah, the, I the- was gonna. Chelsea yeah. Rustic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It so, made me think of that that video. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, you know those kinds of moral stories. Um, mm-hmm. That again, because I relate to everything more so as a poet or a storyteller than I do as a musician. That's that's how I come to things first and. Uh, so the idea for the song was very visual in my mind, thinking about this tree um, and people enjoying it and people coming together and, 
and just just the matter of fact way that you go to the park and you sit under the tree and you look over there and there's a beautiful family and you look over there and there's someone with their dogs just the things that we take for granted those kinds of yeah. experiences and and then thinking that you're doing something good thinking that you're actually preserving this tree preserving this experience when in actuality uh it's the decision that that the person makes in the song takes that goodness away mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's certainly sad uh the, when we debuted it on the other uh, on, uh, on the show the other day yeah. uh, we get a lot of comments actually as it was playing yeah. uh people were uh, getting a little teary and a little moved by it so that, that i guess we hit the right uh, the right tone with that. Yeah, I may have gotten a little misty there myself. It was lovely. <laughs> Thank you. It it matters to me that yeah. we see something. I mean, I think it's cool that there's tons of songs out there that are about "Baby, I Love You" or "Baby, You Done Me Wrong." Uh-huh. You know what I like is when you said both of those. You uh-huh. have to you have to go into an app. "Baby, I Love You." I love, I love you, me you. you. Have to go into. Let's go in my southern accent. That's it. It's my primordial uh, place of. Of inspiration, I guess, me and Flannery O'Connor. But um, <laughs> I, I think that it again to go back to the what would Pete Seeger do? Maybe, maybe now it's important for artists to ask themselves uh, what message they are sending out. Um, yeah. There are a lot of great songs that have already been written. So how do we say something new? How do we engage? Or do you, um, how do you say an, uh, something old, old in thing. a new way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will say say this, and Cersei won't say this about herself, but I don't think I've ever met a person who's more compassionate than Cersei Link. Uh-huh. Um, her her heart, her emotions uh, go out to those who suffer and those who who have been wronged, and and she abhors that with every ounce of her being but it's not it, it's never about anger or self-righteousness it's it's about that it that treating other people causes a, a genuine ache yeah. uh not only in her but in and but in most in uh in most people so uh so you know i don't know if the listeners know that about her but uh she's uh, certainly one of the most loving and giving and conscientious and compassionate people uh that the most that i've ever met and uh, that most people will meet. thanks so, honey you know, there you go. awful nice <laughs> well i mean i kind of have to echo that too uh i was actually at the 2014 monkeys convention and that was like pre-zilch and i'd listened to some of your music so i went through and and got some things autographed and cersei you asked me about a shirt i was wearing um it was actually had a photo on it of a friend of mine who had been uh very active in the monkeys community she had done a lot of stuff with shoe suede blues and she had passed away a couple of years before. And I mentioned that to you and she said, aw, well, she looks very happy in that picture. And that was just sort of the moment that I realized that you were the real deal, that you're just a very authentic and sweet person. And on that note, here's uh, Cersei singing The Sycamore Tree. And on the 
I just I hope everybody else loves that song as much as I do. I, I mean, it's it uh, kind of like Mr. Lemon on the last album. It was like the first time I heard that one, I fell in love with that. And uh, that's my favorite song on Bird. That is definitely my favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Notes from the Madhouse. They're, they kind of fight back and forth for me. So there you go. You know, I was when that when we did that song, I was like, "There's no way." I literally had to have a story to be able to justify putting that song on the record because again you know when you're when one is making a record i think of it like curating an art show and so i want each song to relate to one another and notes from the madhouse was just such a departure what's happening yeah uh, sonically and and arrangement wise it was probably the biggest step out that we had made thus far uh but it gave us permission uh 
I think that was that that was the final final roadblock that came down. Yeah, it really was. Uh, that said, okay, look, we can do this. We can do anything. So, you know, be ready for uh, for uh, heavy metal zither music on the next record. You know. <laughs> Well, I've always wanted to write a musical. That's the one thing we've never done. It's I have a bucket list of definitely wanting to uh, to write a musical. I think I again I love storytelling. So some of the best stories uh, just they could be you could just do so much with them. We were, Christian and I when we first uh, started dating, one of mm-hmm. the things obviously that we bonded over was music. But we both in particular love rock operas. So oh nice. Rocky Horror, Jesus Christ Superstar, Jesus Christ Superstar, Hedvig, you know, so and many. Hair. Oh, hair, of hair. course. And you know, do you guys know that um, Christian did a, we did production of Hair? Yeah, I think I had seen that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that everybody listening has heard that story. But. I've actually done four productions of Hair as the musical director, and uh, one of them was actually the first ever production of Hair in Moscow in 1999. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I know that, I know that musical inside and out. And, uh, and again, uh, how apropos of the times, yeah. uh, to, to be breaking down social and racial and sexual and, and consciousness barriers, uh, that, that seem to be trying to rebuild themselves in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hopefully with, uh, with this new re- record, Enchanted Objects and Ordinary Things, uh, we will, uh, uh, help to 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 tear those down because at the end of the day we are all one yeah we are one as ken loves to say yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know um the pre-sale on cerselink.com for enchanted objects and ordinary things starts on monday february 20th and you actually mentioned on the last live stream that there will be some uh, goodies on sale as well. How's the pre-sale going to work and what kind of things can we uh, get our hands on? Well, we're going to have for the first time coffee mugs, you yeah. know, we've, we've always wanted them, but they're so breakable and I'm always worried about ordering them, but we've kind of found a company that I think is going to be able to ship them to us affordably. And so we were able to fold that into the reward tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else uh, it's well. It's basically broken out into uh, tiers, and so it, you're not just required to spend one larger dollar amount. Yeah, it know, starts at ten bucks. You can get a download for ten bucks, and it goes up to what twenty five, thirty five, fifty. Twenty like twenty five, fifty, a uh, hundred, two fifty, and then a thousand dollars gets you an executive producer credit on yeah. this record. Uh, and the 250 level, which people really usually like quite a bit, is the the video request level. And last year, mm-hmm. last year we did a few of them. I think we did "You Are My Sunshine" was one of their video requests. Yeah, that and, was a good one. Yeah, um, which is fun. So people can contribute at that level, and we will do a video for them. Depending on, we have to find the right match, of course. You know, I don't right. think uh, I can do Bohemian Rhapsody with just a guitar and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and respectfully, no Nez or Monkeys tunes. Yeah, that is fair. <laughs> yeah, we love them, but you know, we'd end up doing probably too many. Yeah, um, I get it. But but each tier uh, offers you a little bit more. We're encouraging people to really go for the fifty dollar tier if they can, because mm-hmm. you'll get your name on the record, uh, you'll get a signed record, you get the coffee mug, and and uh, a couple of little other goodies. Little, little oh items. oh. What? flowers oh yeah we have seed packs there's um a package of random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty seed pack oh. 
Yeah, and so uh, go go spread some wildflowers. Yeah, agrarian yeah. graffiti. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I'll have to see if they'll bloom in Tulsa now. <laughs> uh, I asked when I bought them. I said I want something that people all over the country can use. So they're wildflowers, and the there's also one called Be the Change, B E E, and they're um, yeah, they're they're specifically flowers to help the pollinating insects as well. So I wanted something that could tie into a little bit of the environmental idea I was talking about with sycamore tree, mm-hmm. and also just uh, affirming the fact that. You know, when people support us, they're not just getting junk or tchotchkes. Uh, It's funny because Christian always says that I am the worst person to decide, like, what kind of merch we're going to. Because she hates junk and tchotchkes. I get it. Oh, my God. Here, have this keychain. Oh, thanks. I'm the person at the beauty counter when I buy whatever my lipstick and they say, hey, there's a $25 gift. You get this bag and blah, blah. And I say, well, why do I want that? You can keep it. And the, the. they the just junk up your drawer. I am with you. But the the, but the weird part is, what? well, that they that they say to you, but don't you? What's the they don't understand? You? Yeah, it's okay. free. Yeah, it's free. It's free. No, I don't want it. Yeah, it's technically <laughs> not free when I have to have a storage unit to yeah. hold all this cards. Exactly. <laughs> right. So anyway, we're we're uh, it does start uh, on Monday the twentieth. And it'll be going on for 30 days, and we hope that we can hit a uh, an amount of $3,500 in pre-sales because uh, the main reason that we're doing this doing this is we have two last expenses is that mm-hmm. we got to get the album mastered and uh, and printed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, pressed. So that's where you and your lovely fans and friends can be of help and support indie music. Also, they can go to CerseiLink.com and sign up on the mailing list, and we can let them know when we're going to be doing more live shows. Uh, Mickey said he wanted to come back on the show, for the, so those of you monkey heads out there, hopefully he'll be coming back on the show. Oh, cool. Sometime in the summer. Maybe sometime maybe. this year. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, hopefully not when it's 105 degrees again. Right? You no, poor things. Uh, I don't know how you do it in like the heat of summer with no AC and all those well, computers running. Well, we turn it off, though. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying you had it off that day. Yeah, we turn it off in the living room because otherwise it makes too much noise on the microphones. Yeah. (laughs) It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Uh, But hopefully that'll be going on. And we'll be uh, on the same day. We'll also be releasing to the public the video of Sycamore Tree so all can see and share and, and do that. And for your listeners, if you guys see any of our posts uh, that are that it's promoting the uh, pre-sales. Please like it and share it so it gets as much uh, visibility as possible. Spread it around because we don't have a label. We don't have a, a benefactor. You're our label. You guys are our benefactor. You're our yeah. label. Uh, you're our publicity machine. You're our promotion department. So we uh, we constantly say how grateful and mm-hmm. and humble we are to the fact that that we are able to keep doing this because of you guys. So. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, uh, thank you and and uh, and pass that on. Thank you, and 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 you're welcome. And we will absolutely do everything that we can to promote it here at Zilch. And I know you have a lot of fans who listen to, and hopefully we made some new fans today. Um, if yay Zilch, yay Zilch. If there are some folks who would like to learn more about you, you mentioned CerseiLink.com. Is there anywhere else they should go on the interwebs? They can find us on Facebook. They can Google you know, either Christian or myself, and that'll lead you to one of our various websites. We're on Twitter. 
Uh, we're both on Facebook, but Circe Link is C I R C E L I N K dot com. And also, you can look up her uh, YouTube channel, and there's like a hundred videos on there, both uh, oh, bo- yeah. both from the live performances in the in the in the streaming shows, and tons and tons of uh, of uh, more produced videos. As a matter of fact, uh, cover songs. Uh, uh, our cover record that we released called Side Side Orders, which mm-hmm. was just kind of a, a collection of things that we sort of had left over and yeah. lying around uh, for other things we did. We wound up having a video for every single song on that record, and you can see them all there as well. Yeah, I highly recommend that. Some days when I'm just like doing you know boring paperwork stuff at work, I'll just get fire up that YouTube channel in the background and just you know be. Sing along to Cersei as I'm, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for uh, dropping by Zilch and talking about the new album. I think we're all really excited about it. And anytime we can ever do anything to help you all out, just uh, feel free to drop by. Well, thank you for having us. And the, the same for us. Anything that we can do to help you or the Zilch listeners. It's all love. We're all one community and taking care of each other and scratching each other's back in a nice way. So you just let us know. We're happy. Happy to know you. Okay. What she said. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. Cersei and Christian again for taking some time to talk to me again their pre-sale is going to be going next month it's a couple of days in but you have a whole month to pre-order your CDs there are lots of different levels as was described Uh, one of the things I got one of the packages where you could get a couple of packets of seeds and one of them is uh, as Cersei mentioned uh, designed to attract bees to your garden, which is 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 really cool because That's you know awesome. we've got a lot of honeybees and stuff that are sort of threatened right now. So it kind of you know helps that population. I actually I've got a cousin who is a uh, in training to become a master beekeeper, so I may send that packet of seeds to her. So oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Who knew there was such a thing? I know. I've been le- learning all about beekeeping through her Facebook page. It's been awesome, and I don't know if you're working listening but if you are hi christine not not you christine her christine you two actually <laughs> I was would, say, i'm listening <laughs> you two would get you two would get along really well actually i could see that so <laughs> and so we again we're really grateful to christian and cersei for coming out and for talking about their music and about their new album and i hope you guys liked the stuff that we played from it and that you check it out yourselves and it's really cool because we're actually as we record this a couple of days into the pre-order time and Cersei and Christian just let us know last night that they actually hit their first goal which was the kind of the minimum number they needed to have happen for the record to be able to come out so it's definitely going to be a thing but Christian at the same time kind of reminded everybody 
as he put it, remember all your friend, all you fans, old and new, all the money we make in these drives goes directly to the music account. In addition to mastering, pressing, and shipping you the new CD, we use it to pay our musicians, make new videos, get new gear for better records and streaming shows, and more. We have may have hit our bare bones goal for pre-sales, and for that we are so grateful, but we urge you to contribute to this campaign for the next three weeks or so, rather than wait till it's over. Not only do you get nifty new search Link music and other goodies, but you show your support for non label, non corporate artistry. So if you haven't pre ordered your new CD yet, follow the link in the first comment and pick one up. Support independent music, and as always, deep and humble thanks. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled that they met their goal so quickly. I mean, I think that really shows the, the strength of their, their little community that they've built. Absolutely. And I'm I'm hopeful that that community will uh, get a little larger because this is I mean she's she's such an awesome vocalist and mm-hmm. and he is an amazing arranger and they've got such a tight band uh, yeah. that I'm I'm thrilled that that we're going to have some new music here very very soon. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been uh, have you ever seen them live live not just concert window live? Well, yes, at Pantages, oh, but not them. That, <laughs> you know, not them, but that's yes, right. There. <laughs> well, you need to see Cersei's live show too, and 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 you know that's sort of my hope because Cersei and Christian talked a little bit about how the one thing that they wished they could do that's a little hard to do as indie artists is to tour more, and I just have this nice little thought that maybe we could just all get together in this pre-sale and buy lots of copies and maybe, you know, maybe make them enough money that they could go on some little tour. That would be great. Wouldn't that be something? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that is everything we had for this week. This is uh, kind of one of our short but sweet episodes because we really wanted to make sure that everybody got to hear this conversation with Cersei and Christian and that we got the word out about this amazing new album. And also that we shared the word about Mickey's tour and the meet and greets. And again, check the show notes and stay on top of all of the uh, zilch meetups and meet and greets that will be going on all over the country this spring and summer. So if there's nothing else, I think that's it for this episode. I think you're right. Okay. Well, we'll talk to everybody next time. Bye-bye. 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 And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. <laughs> Don't now. Now really, everybody cool it because I won't be able to get through this. Action. Hey, wow. It's a groovy button. What does it say? Love is the ultimate trip. Oh, gee, that's a nice thought. She has a neat button. What does it say? Let's go again. Hi, I'm Cersei Link, and I'm Christian Nesmith, and you're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's podcast. Zilch, a Monkey's podcast with Sarah Clark? Why not? (laughs) You know, let's do one where we have, we'll do it in the studio and put a little music behind it.
Yeah, like a little fade. No, you don't think? (laughs) (laughs) You're making work for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll record it instead of doing it on Skype, so it'll sound a little bit better. Well, let's just drop one right now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Not only uh, is there... Damn. (laughs) Three. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I had that 30-second space out when I was trying to get to the right space. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And we've made a hole for that. And I have to cough. I was going to do some sort of joke about not eating the cookies, but I could never come up with anything. <laughs> I think I blew all of my creativity on that one. Don't, don't talk about blowing in cookies. <laughs> uh, fair point. 